Hey guys, and welcome to the Get Alive podcast. And today, you know, I'm really honoured to have this person on. We have Eltair from Assassin's Creed Revelations. This is where you introduce yourself, man. Hello, hello. This is Cass Anvar here. How is everybody doing? <clears throat> so yeah, obviously we are here to talk about Assassin's Creed Revelations and the role uh, Cass obviously played in that. And let's get started. So what did you actually do for people that don't know you? Um, <clears throat> what did I do? Well, I'm, I'm an actor based in L.A. that uh, got an audition for, um, for a video game. They didn't even tell us uh, what we were going to audition for. Um, they gave us some random lines to read. And finally, when I booked the role, the day before I went in, I got these sides for a character named Altair. Sides are basically my lines. <laughs> and um, having not played the game up to that point, I did some heavy research right before I went in and found out what an amazing kind of franchise and story and world this whole thing was and what an amazing character the Altair character was. And it was like totally struck gold with that and I went in <clears throat> and I don't know if you know anything about how they make games but the people who are playing the characters and doing the roles we don't really know what's going on and a lot of the times even the game players um, don't even know I mean the game directors and the people in the booth they don't really know all the details the only people who know are the developers back in the home office so you'll get a little scene here a little some lines, uh, a little bit of action you have to do, but you don't know how the whole story does. I've done like four of the biggest games in the world in the last year, most of which I'm not released yet. And the stuff that I had to do in those games, I have no idea how it fits into the scheme because everything's so top secret and everything's so uh, um, kind of kept kept under wraps. But in terms of Assassin's Creed, the beautiful part about that was, uh, as, as far as Revelations is concerned, is I got to play a character that starts at the age of about late 20s, early 30s. And then over a period of, I think, about five or six or seven cutscenes, eight and advances and changes dramatically to about 90 years old. <clears throat> until finally, in the end, he's venerable, old, he's on his last days, and he's going a little bit crazy. Forces tearing at his mind. He's lost his wife, he's lost one of his sons. There's so much going on, and it's, it's an ama it was an amazing um, journey and an amazing challenge for me as an actor. Because, like, this, isn't a, this wasn't a video game. This was, like, uh, this was like doing a lead in a feature film. And the character was such a deep, rich, powerful kind of heroic legend, uh, Altair, you know, he's, he's a really great, great role, great archetype. Cool. Speaking of feature films, let's talk a bit about the Assassin's Odyssey thing. Assassin's Odyssey. Yeah, that's, um, I'll tell you a story about that. <clears throat> okay, Assassin's Odyssey, um, Assassin's Odyssey is a feature film that I'm producing and I'm starring in the lead. And that film came out of, uh, reality basically of my life after I got Altair in Assassin's Creed okay they warned me they warned me at the end of um, my taping they said be beware Cass that um, gamers are a little bit intense said, I don't know if you know many really intense gamers but the, the, the clan that's out there 
they don't respond well to change. They like things to remain the way it is. And I'm like, so what are you talking about? He goes, well, because I was replacing another actor <laughs> for this, the voice of Altair. It was a previously a different actor. And um, he says, they're probably going to hate you. And I went, what? How come? Did I not do a good job? And he's like, no, no, no. He says, you can be the best actor in the world. But in the world of gamers, the fact that we're changing something is going to freak them out. And there's going to be a huge backlash. Just be ready for it. And I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't quite believe him, but he said, just be ready. When we released the first clip on E3 uh, back in 2010. So the day of E3 came out, and actually... Uh, I think we just had E3 now. I was at a, I was at a big, big E3 party, so it was like two years ago today. Um, they released a clip with me on it, and I went online at the end of the day, and I googled Altair voice change, and boom, 200 sites popped up, all talking about the change in Altair's voice. And then the two big ones at the top I clicked on, and it was this little British kid, probably about eight years old, and uh, he's talking, <clears throat> he's like, I'm not, like they've changed the voice of Altair. And you could tell he's like a little Harry Potter kid with glasses. <laughs> wow. And he's like, he's like, he's like, they, they've changed the voice. There was, a, there was an error on my IMDB page where they show all your acting credits. And it still had the other actor's um, name on it. He goes, if you go to the IMDB page, and he starts doing a visual and he pops up the IMDb page and says, you'll see that the other actor is still doing the voice, but they've changed his voice. I think I'm going to call Ubisoft. Well, wait a second. Look, I'm going to show you the clip. Visual presentation. They showed a clip from the E3 Summit, and the voice was there. And, and then I look down, and there's like 200 comments already there. And he's already gotten 3,000 hits. And the comments are like, who the hell is this Cass Adbar think he is? We hate him. No, we love him. This guy's great. The other guy's better. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like this whole maniacal controversy. The fact that I was taking him voice. And I, my eyes are kind of freaked out. I was like, I was a little bit scared. And my buddy who was sitting beside me, my buddy Kurt Finney, <laughs> he looked over at me and he goes, this Cass, you better watch your back, man. One of these guys is going to put a hit on you. And I was like, I laughed. And then I was like, hmm. That's actually a good idea for a movie. So, two weeks later, we wrote this script called Assassin's Odyssey. And the script is basically, what if this actor who's done this huge role for a video game had a hit placed on him by this intense, fanatical group of gamers that are so obsessed with maintaining order in their world that they're willing to do anything that they have to do, even kill, in order to maintain order. And these game, the average everyday gamers, are highly skilled, highly trained, highly equipped, um, deadly kind of video gamer assassins. And so, my the hero character, my character, is just this actor guy who has to run for his life across the city, spirit of the game, um, getting into fight, uh, and accumulating all these cool, quirky characters along the way, like. Frodo in the Fellowship of the Ring, creating this team. And as he goes, he realizes that this dark conspiracy of this this um, kind of gaming society that is planning to take over the world. And he has a responsibility as the hero. He realizes that he has to assume the mantle of being the one 
that is going to have to take this group down. And on the way, he discovers he has some powers that he didn't know he had, that he had from the video game that he had been part of. Moments where he... Guys, these powers manifest themselves, and he becomes this legendary assassin. And that's the basic premise of the game. It's kind of like The Matrix meets uh, The Watchmen kind of thing with a little Scott Pilgrim. Well, it does sound quite awesome, I have to say. Um, do you have any sort of Kickstarter page or anything like that so we can put it in the description Absolute. of the podcast? People can just type in Assassin's Odyssey. You mm -hmm. will find our Facebook page. Um, we just shot our trailer, actually. So the trailer is going to be posted in about a month. Once the trailer is our Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever it is that we're going to do, and that's when we're going to be asking all our fans kind of give us their support so we can make the feature. The feature, uh, we've already got some really strong interest from a bunch of uh, big distributors, big other networks. So it looks like it's going to happen, but um, the reason it'll, it'll happen is because we get the fans on board because we're counting on a real strong gamer comic-con fan base before we even start in okay. order to market and uh, believe it or not gamer gamer market is incredibly powerful incredibly powerful they can make or break a movie yeah so guys if you are listening um, to this episode obviously you most probably will be listening to this episode anyway if you guys are listening be sure to support um, Cass in, in what he's doing with the Assassin's Odyssey because it sounds like an amazing film and do you think it'll be in cinemas, Cass? If I do, yeah. Well. I mean, it's either going to be an indie film, uh, kind of in the vein of, um, I don't know if you saw Rain Wilson's Kick-Ass, uh, no, Rain Wilson's Super, or Kick-Ass, or um, it might be an online type of thing like the Mortal Kombat series was, um, or something that might be a, a big machinima type of um, an event. Huh? Uh, we're we're, we're going to see who bites first. Sony, Sony has explained express interest they want us to come back to them and pitch it to them so there's a, there's a whole bunch of different um, avenues we can take it would be feature film or an online event and the online events are becoming amazing actually I don't know if you've seen uh, Receiver on Machinima high quality big beautiful X-Files style show or the Mortal Kombat thing that was a Warner Brothers Machinima collaboration the nine episode miniseries that became a a, a huge hit um Online that became a feature film. It's like a uh, big, big production. Yes. Hmm. Well, that does sound quite good. Um, so, a question Have you ever actually, you know, you played El Tayer? Do you think you are El Tayer? And, like, do you ever go cosplay as El Tayer? Or, like, uh, you talk to yourself in the mirror in his um, voice or anything like that? <laughs> I'll tell you this. Um, out of all the characters that I've played, <clears throat> uh, one and one other are my, my two favorites. The other one is, um, I mean, you, being from England, you might even know about, uh, I don't know if you caught Neverland last year. Uh, it was a big um, event on Sky Network. It's like the Peter Pan prequel. Mm -hmm. um, there's a pirate in there that I played called Gentleman Stark. It's kind of like a Johnny Depp style Jack Sparrow pirate. Um, that and Altair are my two favorites. Um, both of those characters are very dear to me, and both those characters come from something inside me. The thing I like about Altair is his purity. Do I ever become him? 
Uh, no, as an actor, it's like one of this, this. I love cosplayers because they get so much joy about dressing up and becoming these characters. And I, and I, I'm, and I remember that's how I was before I became actor. I want. I, I so enjoyed the fantasy and the. Sorry about that. The fantasy and the escape of um, of getting dressed up. But once I become a professional actor, that's my job. That's what I do. I, I love doing it. I love doing it. But like even Halloween doesn't hold a lot of mystery for me anymore. I don't really like getting dressed up. But I do love this incredibly pure, incredibly um, uh, focused. Uh, he has a mission. He he he's determined. He's driven. He he doesn't really waver in the things that he wants to do. Um, when I compare him and Ezio together, <clears throat> Ezio is like the ultimate badass, but Ezio is a lot more um, conflicted. He's a lot more trouble, a lot more struggling to figure out what's right and what's wrong. And so he's like the ultimate badass. He's kind of like a Wolverine type character um, if, uh, compared to comic books. And Altair is the legend. Like Altair is what it's all based around. He's like this. He's like the the Xavier or the of uh, of the Assassin's Creed, and that's what I admire about him. I really find him incredibly powerful and strong character. So may I ask, who would you prefer, Ezio Altair? Because this is a big question. We've been talking about this on Twitter a lot, and many people are saying Altair, but I'm. <laughs> Game also posted this question out to people, and loads of people are like, no, 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 it feels much better. And then, so what? What's your opinion on this kind of thing? Who do I prefer? In what sense? You got to give me a context. In a movie, or as a, to play in the game, or to play as a in the game, and as their characters. Which <clears throat> character do you prefer? That's really hard to say. I've done both. I've played both. Um, I like I, who who. Who does the Ezio voice? He has a great character, a great voice. I love playing Ezio, um, but I just think there's something a little extra special about Altair. I think I think Ezio is an amazing badass character. He's a great character to go and play and fight with. Um, but in terms of all the video games out there, if you look at all the really cool kick-ass um, fantasy games or even first-player games, there's <clears throat> a fair number of ones where you get a really good badass guy being your lead character. And so I think Ezio is comparable amongst those as one of the best. I don't know very many games out there that have this incredibly powerful, stoic, legendary kind of epic character as the lead character, like a superhero, which is what which is what Altair feels like to me. Um, I just find him to be like he's just like one step above like normal kind of human kind of assassin uh, qualities. He's just a little... He's hiding. He's, he's elevated above that. So I find that fascinating. So I I, I think my... my with Altair for obvious reasons. Okay, and another question. Can you leap a faith? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I'm going to have to wait. Oh, can you? Yeah. Um, you give me a trampoline and I can do it. Yeah, I've done it before. Hmm. You know what? Well, let's let's put it this way. I'm a pretty fearless guy. There's not a lot that scares me. So I guess if I'm given the uh, given the uh, resources and the equipment and the location, I'd, I'd definitely give it a try. 
Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm big on doing my own stunts, so maybe we'll make that into some kind of a competition contest or something where um, people can get me to do a leap of faith if uh, if they kickstart our, our movie or something like that. Possibly, or I got, maybe for I a got a stunt coordinator. I got a stunt coordinator, Mario Perez, who'll, who'll get me all ready for that. Well, that maybe might even do it in the film, we don't know. Maybe I will, actually. There's a good idea. Actually, it's a great idea. Sure to put me in the crowd one night. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, um, uh, we see in the Assassin's Creed series that people like Desmond and the other characters, they base them off their actors. Did they do that kind of thing with you for the new Altaya? You mean the visuals? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think they could because I came into the franchise late in the game, so they had already established how he looked. Um, I've done other games where they've done that um, because I was playing the character from the beginning. Uh, but in terms of Altair, I mean, I don't know personally the other actors who've done this character, but he does actually look like me, especially when he starts to get a little bit older. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, if you look at if you look at all, if I shaved my head and, and got the brush cut um, in the Altair uh, in Assassin married and he's he's got a little wisdom to him he's got a little bit of an age in his 30s and stuff like that um it actually does look like me so um i think i look like him rather than he looks like me okay you know people have said i look like altair but i'm not going to mention that because obviously altair is is obviously uh, many females out there and some males would say altair is a sexy man and obviously he is duh <laughs> so you must be obviously honored that you look like him. I'm I'm honored. Well, I'm 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 honored, obviously, and you must be too, since the, maybe we're related somehow. Maybe we don't know. Um, maybe we come from him. I'm not sure. Um, I got this weird scar on my lip, though. It's kind of weird. Dun dun dun. Um. Another thing, uh, if you were to have any sort of assassin's equipment, what would you have? Oh man, I want a, I want, I want a hidden blade so bad. Really? Or why is that? Maybe even a hook blade. Um, I just think those are probably the coolest. I mean, maybe that and Wolverine's claws are probably the coolest blades I've ever seen. Hmm. Comic book superhero gamer character. What would you use it for? Well, I can't really get into that right now. Then I'd have to kill you. Okay, I, I will leave that be. Because I don't want to die. Because no. I don't know, you might have a hidden blade. Exactly. It's a hidden, it's a hidden cyber blade. So just don't get clo close to your screen right now. Okay. This is kind of scaring me, but it's alright because you can't do anything to me because you're still in America. Unfortunately, <laughs> you are coming to London, so I'm yeah. really staying <clears throat> I'm coming, the I am coming to London, buddy, and look out because I'm coming there <clears throat> to do some big game signings on Halloween when they're launching three. I'm going to be at the game shop in Nottingham. Uh, I think it's called ThatGameShop.com is the name of the store and, and uh, anybody who has an Assassin's Creed or a game they want me to sign I'll be there um, if you pre-order the game you get it signed for free 
from them. And uh, I'm going to be um, <clears throat> doing some promo stuff for, for other games as well, again, which I can't talk about right now. But. <coughs> That's fine. So, um, obviously, uh, if you if they pre-order the game from that gameshop.com, and not, yeah. I'm, I'm putting it out there, I'm advertising for them, and they didn't ask you me go. to, but they go, shout out. Anyway, so if they pre-order it from there, you, you're going to sign the, I'm guessing, Assassin's Creed 3. Even though I'll tell you it has nothing to do with Assassin's Creed 3. That's, that's what you think. That's what you think. All I can tell you is that I got a call from my agent asking for permission to use um, my sounds in the game. So, so maybe, I'm, I'm guessing some sort of flashback kind of thing. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I think the new character Connor looks amazing. The game looks great. I can't wait to play it. Mm. But uh, as far as story is concerned, I have no idea. But I'm going to be signing um, gift sets. I'm going to be signing all of the. Um, they're selling like packages, gift sets. Obviously, Assassin's Creed Revelations, which is the, my big game. Uh, but any of anything with Altair in it, <clears throat> um, they're 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 offering whatever people want want signed. And if you order from them. You get the signature for free, and if you bring your own game in, I think they charge a little bit. I don't know, nothing, nothing big. Okay. Um, so, are they sending you over there, or how is it working out there? They are. I'm making me feel like a rock star. I tell you, video gaming is is the new rock star. So you got video, your groupies. I've got my groupies. I've got my, I've got my game. I know what's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Are crazy. Holy smokes! Because I, when I was in London uh, last time, I had a big audition for Game of Thrones, and I just casually, t- and <clears throat> an hour, I had a hundred new followers, and crazy, crazy traffic on my Twitter because I mentioned Game of Thrones in a tweet. Those guys, and they're all part of the same crowd. They're all part of this whole gamer, sci-fi, comic-con, geek nerd crowd. They're intense, and I love them love them they're so cool well would you consider yourself a gamer because obviously you said you haven't really got into Assassin's Creed until no, obviously you were in there I, I did not get into Assassin's Creed but I did now and uh, before Assassin's Creed I was totally gamer I, I was a big Diablo fan um, before that I mean I go back to gaming though long before you guys I mean I was gaming back in King's Quest and Space Quest and um, StarCraft and then uh, that was amazing. I did Halo, Zelda, and all of those games. Um, not much of the fantasy games and the sim games. I love them and like to the point of like me down and dragging me to bed and forcing me to study for my tests and stuff. Well, it's good to see that you're a gamer, because obviously I'm a gamer as well, and like I've said before, and I'm going to keep on saying this, I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan, and personally, um, when I saw the, when I heard that Altair is going to be making a return in for Revelations, I was pumped. Yeah. I'm like, yes, Altair was epic, he still is, and even I was looking at the, obviously I didn't get to play the game, I was looking at the, um, some people doing playthroughs and stuff like that, uh, Altair's story in that game is really immersive, and you know it's just that guy was still assassinating until 90. Do you know what I mean? He just never retired. 
No, he was unstoppable. He was unstoppable. He was an unstoppable force. Like I said, what drives Altair is something beyond the normal human kind of passion. He had he had a mission in life, and his mission was huger than himself. And he had been touched by some sort of supernatural force on top of that. So he really was some sort of a kind of power, supernatural badass, um, uh, kind of in, in in opposition to Ezio, who was the like the the physically kind of brutal tough guy, a little more of a womanizing badass. Well, Altair was a womanizer as well, because as we saw in Assassin's Creed 2, there was this kind of cutscene where you got to play as Altair, you went to the top <laughs> of a tower, and I'm not going to... Well, this is an explicit podcast, he shagged someone on top of the tower, and like a boss, he just leaped the faith out of there. That's, what I that's, say. that's, that's a one-night stand for you there. That, that brings a different meaning to the word uh, one-night stand, yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that touched you in, in such a profound way. Uh, you know, Altair has always been my favorite character. You know, he's all, he's just a beast. He's just too good at what he does. He was the first. I wouldn't say he's the first assassin, but he was just the assassin. And I feel that um, Ezio is just Ezio just trying to fit into his shoes. Obviously, Altair's shoes are a bit too big for him. That's how it is. That's an interesting. It's an interesting um, observation, and I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. And another thing I want to mention is um, in Assassin's Creed, um, in the other Assassin's Creed games, apart from Assassin's Creed One, they had this kind of feature where you could, kind of using new play points, play as Altair. So even oh. though Altair wasn't in the story, you can dress him up like Altair, wear his robes, things like that. Um, do you think that would be a good addition to Assassin's Creed 3? Like Three? Honor and things like that? Well, it's an interesting interesting question. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about that because one of the things I love about the Assassin's Creed franchise is it is so incredibly story-based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not, it's not like so many of these kind of um, segmented, fragmented, mission-based games. The story of Assassin's Creed is so incredibly important, and the story is uh, century-spanning. You go from Altair to Ezio to Connor, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years between them. Mm-hmm. And Desmond, and then finally to Desmond. And all of these characters are related genetically. Like, they're all somehow linked by their genetic code, and that's where all their stories are coming from. And so there's a, there's a, a linear link. To mess around with that, I mean, maybe in an online forum, maybe in an online way where you're not totally immersed in the story. I don't know. Me personally, I'd write. I'd, I'm I'm a storyteller. I'm an actor. I'm a I'm a creator. So for me to, to screw around with the story would be less interesting than. No, I don't to, mean like screw around with the story. I mean just yeah. uh, his robes. That's in, pretty much in, it. If you're playing Altair in AC3, you're. I, I you're don't no mean more. I don't mean playing as Altair. I mean. Just wearing his oh, robes, like skin, oh, yeah. like that kind of thing. Do you think oh, that would be a good idea? Because they've done that in the previous games. I think that's fun. I think that's cool. I think people... I love the fact that we get so attached emotionally to these characters. Like, I love how emotional people get when they're playing these games. And they, they really love these characters. Like, even you, when you're talking about Altair, you're 
you're like you like worship this guy because of his fundamental essence of who he is and I love that I love how attached we get because that's ultimately what I love to do when I'm acting is I love to be able to touch people and move people and make them think and make them fall in love with characters so yeah if people are so passionate about a looking like Altair or remembering him or having a piece of him when they're playing absolutely it's going to enhance the gameplay for them um okay that's that's an interesting thought um hmm what about those kind of people that take it overboard what do you think about them that's those what my movie that want to kind of kind let's say for instance they're they're fangirling Life. to such an extent that they want to have children with Altair, that kind of thing. How do you feel about uh, that? Oh, you mean people <laughs> people who kind of lose touch with reality? Yeah. What do you think um, about people? I think it's a really interesting... I mean, they make whole movies about this. They do but documentaries on, on these people. And, and I think uh, you've heard of LARPing, live-action role-playing, mm-hmm. um, where you, you go away for a weekend and you become characters in, in myths and epics and fantasies and fairy tales. And you pay a little and you get to be the wood elf and the tree spirit and the... Um, and it's a huge escape it's a huge escape it's a fantasy escape and I think in the same way that um, watching movies is an escape or the playing video games is an escape it's healthy escaping from our humdrum banal life and experiencing things that are heroic and give us hope and you know project a better world take us into a fantasy world those things are healthy and that's why entertainment exists that's why artists exist that's why art exists is thing to look forward to when it's taken overboard and it becomes obsessive and when it becomes you know dangerous to even someone's health and well-being then I think we're no longer in the healthy world anymore um, so I think it, I think it can become problematic when people lose that fine line between reality and fantasy and uh, but right up to that line, it's pretty cool. Okay. You know. um, another question I, about oh no, I'll I like let you continue. Like, I like the cosplayers, for example, like cosplayers that uh, that they are like you know computer programmers and school teachers by day, and then when these cons come around, they're dressed up and they spend time and energy and money on these costumes like you wouldn't believe. Like some of these. Assassin's Creed costumes that I've seen, phenomenal, phenomenal. Like the the Alfio costumes, and sometimes they'll even go and make the the girls will make the the maid costume or the Maria costume or the Sophia costume or whatever. Super hot smoking costume, <laughs> <laughs> sexy as hell, uh, but so well made and so uh, attention to detail. I love that. You know, that's that's craftsmanship. That amount of passion behind that and I can't help but respect that uh, it's good because um, you know like you said people do put time effort and of course money because I've seen people they've spent quite a lot of money on the cosplay I've seen people obviously having hidden blades out as well I don't actually know how yeah. people could do that without the police knowing that kind of thing because in the UK having a knife on you is illegal so oh really yeah that no, is I, it's fact, just crazy I've seen these completely intricate plates out of their wrists. And it's like, 
Really? You just spent the last three months developing that technology? That's pretty intense, man. But they don't really develop on the technology. They go with what the game tells them, that kind of thing. Because El Altair, obviously, he had the, some sort of blueprints for the Hidden Blade, and then people use that, and then they make they, 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 like a scissor actually, kind of blade. They're functional blueprints? You can actually build off of them? Well, they, they try and make it functional. It's just an image, and then from there, they're like, okay, th I see this bit, that's like a scissors, and something like that. Do you know what I mean? They they make their own amazing stuff, because I've seen some people actually manufacture proper hidden blades, and the mechanisms inside of them are just mind-blowing. Wow. Wow. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I have absolute and total admiration and respect for those people. <clears throat> I won't go too close to them uh, <laughs> when, when they're armed, but I will respect them in my. Okay. Um. What? You you mentioned that you liked Diablo. Did you do you have Diablo three? I have not got Diablo three. No, I've been looking at it. And I've seen other people playing it, and I'm kind of a little bit wary of getting it because uh, last time I got my computer for about a week and a half so um, I'm, have you played it? No I'm not really a PC gamer like I said I like to play Assassin's Creed any Japanese game and that's mainly it I love Diablo I mean I love Diablo 1 Diablo 2 I just love I love the sound the music is amazing at the time the graphics and the gameplay were spectacular compared to whatever uh, was out there now it's, it's pretty commonplace but when Diablo 2 came out man it's gorgeous and they have this this score this musical score that just gives you the pit in your stomach you feel like you're in some sort of a horror movie like forever you can't get out kind of it's kind of screws with your mind a little bit so I can't wait to see Diablo 3 I just can't wait to see it um, and what about um, Assassin's Creed 3. Would you be picking yourself a copy? On uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I'm going to get it when uh, when I'm there in the shop. Um, hoping. Uh, apparently, the Ubisoft people in uh, in the UK are very generous, so we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But most what? So but, do you play it on PC or do you play it on a console? I got a PlayStation 3. Most oh yeah. I was thinking, uh, you, at first I was thinking no because there's a region lock, but PlayStation doesn't have that region lock. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Lucky guy. Because yeah. I play on Xbox and I'm like, seriously? Half oh, the you games can't, I want, yeah. You can't get American games on your Xbox? Nope. <sighs> can't get American so games, can't get Japanese games, can't get any games that aren't from Europe, which is a shame. I know, it's crazy. And speaking of PlayStation and Xbox, what are you, if they were to make obviously next-gen consoles, and most probably they are going to, what would you like to see from them? What kind of new features would you like to see? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, they've already got really good internet uh, interaction, bringing the internet to your television, and the upgrade, I love the PlayStation, I don't know if the Xbox does this, but the PlayStation upgrades itself, like, weekly, constantly, which I love. Uh, so you're always getting the latest software, the latest flash ROMs, the latest little ads and advertisements for, for new uh, things, um, new games that are coming out. You always get to see the latest stuff. Um, I would love to have... <clears throat> do they have PlayStation interactive stuff? Like, um, I know Xbox has that... Um, 
where they has a little a little electric eye that watches your hand. Oh, the Xbox have the Kinect, the PlayStation have the Move, which is kind of like a Wii controller with a glass ball on top of it. it it's a motion sensing device, and I would say PlayStation have been using that in quite in some of their games, uh, like Ninja Gaiden. They have a uh, Move support. But imagine an Assassin's Creed game with that kind of motion control. Would you like yeah. to see that kind of thing? I would love to see that. I'd love that because, um, let's be honest, the complexity of the game controller moves for Assassin's Creed is pretty sophisticated. Like it took me, it took me about three or four days sitting with my um, 14 friend who could like. Assassin's Creed with his eyes shut and his hands tied behind his back. So he taught me uh, how to work the controls and all the different combos and moves and there's a lot of sophisticated like knobs and buttons and, and toggle play in there. If we could get that into a, a format where you can just do it for real by moving your hands, that would be that would be awesome. It would be awesome, but obviously for those kind of motion controls, um, let's say for the Kinect or Xbox 360, they were they're, they're using that Kinect to um, to enhance gameplay for games like Skyrim and things like that. But they're not doing it in terms of motion control. They're using the voice control commands. Oh. So what would would you like to see that kind of voice control in Assassin's Creed 3 instead of let's say searching for a weapon or something like that? You could just say equipped hidden blade and it equips it for you. Yeah. Would you like that? See that that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, that is cool. What do you do that with? You do it with a headset? Um, you would you would do it with the Connect. Uh, the Connect. Um, it has like a, a mic built in. Obviously, you can't use the headset, and headsets are considerably cheaper. And it would make sense yeah, to yeah. use one. What happens if your dog dies? <laughs> well then, I think <laughs> Connect only would hear the human voices, unless your uh, dog sounds like a human. Well, I'm just thinking if if it's not a direct mic on your face, then there's all sorts of opportunities for. You know, somebody next to you shouting something out, and all of a sudden you unequip your weapon right in the middle of a battle, and then you get your head chopped off. Um, unless, hmm. well, your... it would be optional, obviously. <clears throat> yeah, no, I guess you can play when you're alone. Yeah, um, I would like to see that for sure. Like having something that's voice activated, so you've got another element that you can control without having to use your hands. It would totally sp gameplay. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? That's actually, you know what I would like? Mm -hmm. I would like a helmet that plugs the game into my my directly, so I just have to think things. So a brain and helmet. Yeah. I would like a brain helmet. I would like electrodes on my scalp that allow me to just think, and then it appears. That's what I want. Wow. Well, um, people are saying that a few years ago, I would say around 2006, people were saying that the new Wii will have that. Of course, that's not true. And I don't think anything will have that kind of technology. Maybe in a couple of years' time, 2025, maybe? Not quite. Uh, they exist. The technology already exists for a whole bunch of... Like, they have, um, they have very sophisticated uh, prosthetics that respond to mental commands. Hmm. So, it's just, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars it doesn't it's not it's not uh, accessible to the average person but the technology exists already where they have electrodes on somebody's arm uh, who's lost an arm but the nerve impulses from the brain still stimulate the electrodes and and that triggers the mechanical arm to 
grasp something or lift or move or whatever. So the mind can control the machine already. I just want to see it in a PlayStation. Well, Sony, if you're listening, just putting it out there. Um, yeah, that, that would be a good idea. Another thing I would say would be good is to implement those kind of things in obviously because with that kind of technology you have a range of things you could do obviously you could do shooter games you could do um, RPGs but in an Assassin's Creed game I don't think that would work because it just doesn't seem right it's uh, it's a lot more varied like the movements and the and the uh, the gameplay is a lot more subtle and sophisticated and it's not just like lock and load and fire yeah uh, I hear what you're saying. Isn't that like, the good things about Assassin's Creed? That it's not just anyone can come and play, uh, pick it up and, you know, look, I got like a five kill streak. It's not like that. It's just you, you need to be skilled in order to play the game properly. And, you know, it does have its challenges even for the professional players out there. Yeah, you're a real purist, aren't you? You're a purist. You're a basic purist. I like it. Big fan of Assassin's Creed since the first Assassin's Creed because... Um, I to start off with I was a fan of Prince of Persia and then when they announced Assassin's Creed I'm like okay cool I want to see that kind of thing finally like a free roam kind of Prince of Persia game obviously yeah. Assassin's Creed wasn't like that and I just entered into a totally different world it was just amazing and the thing is I didn't actually own Assassin's Creed 1 I just played it over at someone else's house right and it was just amazing you know the weird the weirdest thing is that both games come from Ubisoft they do actually, yeah. She's crazy because Prince of Persia, Assassin's Creed, in a way. I mean, I think they're coming out with a new one, Prince of Persia. That's going to be—I don't know if it's a reboot or a new one—but um, there's some big things on Prince of Persia happening. I was just at the E3 conference um, a couple of days ago, and I was attending this big party for uh, uh, Lewis and um, what's the the two guys, the Zog. Uh, yeah, that, that gaming website, they're very popular. Uh, and Lewis, I think is their names. Um, and uh, while we were there, we're ta- I was talking with some people who are in the development industry, and they're telling me some details about Prince of Persia. Uh, and that the developers and the people behind it, the creative people behind it, are pretty phenomenal. And it's going to be a huge, big surprise. And going to be quite the hit when it finally does uh, hit the market. Because I didn't actually hear anything about Prince of Persia on um, Ubisoft's E3 conference or anything like that. No, eh? No, I didn't. Um, Then I'm giving you the scoop. Yeah. So guys, if you're hearing this, you've heard it here first. There's there's talks about Prince of Persia. We're not really going to mention a bit more in case Ubisoft just sends some assassins um, to take us down. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. When you that piss off what... Ubisoft, that's what they do. I actually have... Um, I've been I've been contracted to take out some, some big talkers, so I'm one of their hitmen. So hopefully they don't send someone after me. It's kind of like a Jason... So that's... Well, we won't talk anymore about Prince of Persia. Yeah, although it is an amazing game, I have to say. Because at the time, rules. I'll say there was one Prince of Persia game that did really annoy me. It was the, the 
the most recent one they released for the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, it felt so cartoony. It didn't seem like a Prince of Persia game. It was just called Prince of Persia. It just sucked. It was a disappointment. Yeah. They probably did that for the movie. They yeah, that was the one for the movie. That's the thing. Movie games, yeah, always suck. It's because they have this time. They have the. Um, they're not really prepared for it. They have to go along with the story. But what they should do, I think, is give them the script beforehand or something like that, and then make it the best game they could. I agree. That's a great idea. You should be in the uh, game development world, man. I sh I should be, but I'm not given the chance, unfortunately. Ah, ah. Well, we'll fix that. Come on down to LA. I'll hook you up. I know people here in the gaming world now. One day, man. One day. <laughs> anyway, um. Let's. What else can we talk about? Do, do, do. do. Like you're talking about your film, but I, yes. just, I really want to know more about it. You said there's. You told me the story, but is there going to be any people, any other actors that we know in this film? Um, there's tons of there's tons of people that I want to um, I want to approach once we get our financing. We have like some some dream wish lists uh, if we have our. Our Dreamcast. Um, I'll get Mark yeah, in my lead role as the villain. Um, we've we've actually approached Will Wheaton. Uh, I've approached um, Rain Wilson with the script. Um, I don't know if you know who Rain Wilson is. I don't know. Um, you know the the American Office. I don't watch. The oh, okay. Office, so I wouldn't know. Uh, Okay, he's one of the leads on on that. He's a big he's a big actor here in the the actor. But the reason you should know him is because he's a big geek. He's a huge gamer, comic book, Dungeons and Dragons geek from the old days. And um, he's also a friend of mine. Um, we've approached uh, we have a couple of cool actresses that are you know reasonably good names in the industry that are interested in some of our leading females. Uh, so, anyone that we're approaching right now, um, and that we're thinking about, are people who would in the gaming, Comic-Con, sci-fi world. People would think, oh, that's cool. It's not going to be a huge, big, $100 million blockbuster film. It's not that kind of a movie. It's going to be an underground, like, clean, beautiful, uh, well-acted, good stunts, good action, good special effects, great story, great script. But we can go with actors who are really good for the role and who are going to be really attractive to our target market, our core market, which is gamers and, and uh, comic book lovers and sci-fi lovers. So do you think you're going to face problems with certain companies, obviously Ubisoft, the fact that this is some sort of assassin kind of thing? Um, it shouldn't cause any problems. Like, we've removed and, like, it's all original story, it's all original intellectual property, we haven't stolen any... Uh, characters or references I mean there's no hidden blades or anything uh, that's from any of the games that are out there but are you are you at all so um, galaxy quest um, I've never heard of it galaxy. galaxy quest oh my god you gotta watch it man galaxy quest is like Tim Allen Alan Rickman Sigourney Weaver or no oh no it's it is Sigourney Weaver uh, it, it's it, it's a big star-studded sci-fi adventure, which is a spoof in some ways. It's a parody of Star Trek. 
Okay. Star Trek is ne- it's never mentioned in the movie. You never hear the word Star Trek. This is basically a cast of people playing this sci-fi movie cast. Uh, clearly, Tim Allen is a Captain Kirk character, and Alan Rickman is a Spock character. And clearly, Sigourney Weaver is like either the, the Uhura or the or the Nurse Chapel character or whatever you want to. It's like they're they're archetypes of Star Trek, but Star Trek is never mentioned. Even their costumes resemble, but they're not duplicates of. And that's just a parody. It's just it's just making reference. It's it's tongue in cheek to uh, to all sorts of different sci-fi genres. And in the same way, our our show is going to be uh, very appealing to gamers. We're going to make little winks to all sorts of different games out there. But we're not using any of their proper. Hmm. Because I was thinking, I mean, it, it, there's okay. plenty of there's plenty of films out there with the the, the assassin theme. Because hmm. I was thinking maybe obviously get Ubisoft on your side and you know you can go that's on the, from there. Because that's a different thing. If uh, once we get the trailer done and the script done, and uh, because of my connection to Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed. Um, if they find that they really want to be part of it, then we can rewrite the story to actually include uh, Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed material in it, uh, which would be awesome. I would love to. And then that. kind of link in the Templar story and that kind of thing. Because then well, you would have loads more things to do. You know, you, yeah. in terms of Assassins, you can have blades, you can have a whole range of weapons. Yeah, totally. Totally, it would be it would be a, a huge, um, a hugely fertile and creative coup if we could get that type of an association. Mm. A movie that's completely uh, independent from that, and and uh, it's going to do really well, um, regardless. Because I think all the gamers that we've talked to love the idea, love the concept, love the storyline, and uh, the script that we've written is pretty phenomenal. It's pretty exciting. And, has some great twists in it. And even then, there's not many films kind of based on gamers. It doesn't even relate to gamers nowadays. And like you said, the gaming industry is quite formidable. It, it's massive <laughs> and things like that. So if you do something, even if it, it's any type of reference or it, if it is about gaming, shame. so, you know... Yeah, totally right. You're absolutely right. And what's a shame is, um, have you seen Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. It's a shame that it came out when it did. It was ahead of its time. Hmm. It came out too long ago. Uh, are you a fan or no? You don't like it? I'm not actually a fan. No. No? I think Scott Pilgrim, is. it's kind of an intense movie. It's really, really visual. It's got an intense style to it. It's one of the best edited movies I've ever seen. Like the editing in Scott Pilgrim is phenomenal. And the directing too. Um, but it's incredibly arcade game. Uh, it could have been a little bit less <clears throat> kind of blingy and cutesy. It could have been a little bit more dark and serious, which I would have liked. But that being said, if that movie came out now, it would make a lot of money. <laughs> because the gaming industry has grown to such an extent. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, let's wrap this episode up. Uh, any last words? Um, let's say I, I I think you're doing an amazing job. I love I love what you're doing. Uh, I think 
anyone out there who wants to uh, say hi to me on Halloween, come check me out at uh, thegameshot.com in Nottingham. Uh, I'd be happy to meet you. Otherwise, um, you can find me on Twitter at Cassanvar uh, Twitter. Um, hit up uh, our webpage uh, for Assassin's Odyssey on Facebook or on Twitter and uh, you know let me know everything is nothing is real and everything is possible or what is it what do we, what do we say well, I'm not even going to say I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you figure that out because uh, any know. Assassin's uh, Assassin's Creed fans are probably shouting at their screens I know I know I'll, I'll let you figure it out Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. That is the one. Anyway, guys... Oh, no. Um, does Altair have any last words? Um, Altair would like to say to everyone out there, um, if you follow what you believe in, you will always succeed. Never accept limits in your life, and then you will never have a life of regrets. That is all I have to say very wise words Altair and obviously thanks for being on the podcast it's such an honor like I said because I, I'm going to mention this for the last time I am a massive fan of Altair anyway guys hope you guys have enjoyed this kind of Assassin's Creed um, based episode and another thing if you guys want to check out Ubisoft check them out on their Twitter page I'm going to put that, all that stuff in the, in the description because I'm not going to say it now and yeah, be pumped for Assassin's Creed 3. Connor looks like he's a chip off the old block. Anyway, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We work in the dark to serve the light. We are gamers. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted.